Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night. Ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end... What will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. Hi folks, welcome to another episode of the 59th Minute FPL Podcast, which is brought to you by Fantasy Football Scout. I'm Mark McGettigan, you'll find me on social media at FPL General. I wanted to get another episode out before the Tuesday deadline, as we now have more information than we had last week. Things are still not crystal clear, but we can at least begin to formulate a plan of action for the chips over the coming game weeks. This episode will consist of a run-through of the current FPL landscape to get you up to speed and what it might mean for players, etc. Listener questions will be answered and I will finish with my own plans for the upcoming game week in terms of transfers and captaincy. Throughout the episode as well, I'll throw in some of my very early thoughts what my plans will be for chips and all that kind of stuff. Before I talk you through the fixture schedule, it's very important to remember this week and over the next few weeks that when you're consuming FPL content, whether it be podcasts, articles or YouTube stuff, there is no one-size-fits-all strategy. We're all at a different starting point with which players we currently own and the chips and wildcard available, whether it is available or not. And the fun part is working out what approach is best suited to your team and not being influenced too much by what others are doing. So keep this in mind always. If 90% of people are going down one road, don't be afraid to be part of the 10% that go a different path. It might just turn out to be the right one. So keep all options on the table, be flexible and be open-minded. Especially if you're new to FPL, Get Ben Crellin's graphics in front of you when you're sitting down to plan over the next few game weeks. They're free to view on X slash Twitter. Go to at Ben Crellin, which is B-E-N-C-R-E-L-L-I-N. Go to his profile, click on media, and you'll find lovely graphics which paint the picture as best we can at the moment. Also remember, when you are looking at graphics from Ben or other people, that these are just predictions surprises can happen you know fixtures can follow the sky sometimes and go where people who are predicting them don't expect them to go so always keep that in mind as well but people like ben have a very good record of this stuff of keeping us right and keeping us keeping us as best informed as possible So getting into the current FPL fixture schedule. So what we know, 22, 23 and 24 are going to be pretty standard game weeks. Then we have a confirmed double game week so far for Manchester City, which will be against Chelsea and Brentford, two home games. 
So that's why Manchester City picks are very attractive this week for the Burnley fixture. And then they've got the double game week in 25. Brentford also have a confirmed double game week in 25 against Liverpool and Manchester City, which makes Ivan Tony attractive. Ivan Tony is also attractive because Brentford are one of the very few teams currently who definitely have a game in blank game week 29. So those are the two first doubles we have on the horizon. Ben and others are also predicting that Game Week 25 is very likely to be a double game week for Liverpool, which would be made up of Brentford and Luton. So good fixtures there. Question will be, can Salah get back in time? And what do we do if he doesn't? Luton also likely to have that double game week with Liverpool. Luton would play Manchester United and Liverpool. So tricky fixtures, but players like Alfie Doughty could be decent options. So we currently have two teams, definitely doubling in 25. We could have four teams. The tricky part then is give me 26, which is a blank. So if, you know, whether Liverpool double or not in 25, they're not going to have a game in 26. So for example, you could triple up on Liverpool for a possible double game week, but then you wouldn't be able to use them in game week 26. The same would go for Luton in that scenario. And we already know as well that Tottenham and Chelsea will not play in game week 26. So there is teams out there that are already probably looking a bit dodgy for 26. For example, if you already have two or three Liverpool players, if you throw in a Richarlison and a Pedro Porro on top of that, a Cole Palmer, who most people have, and maybe even one or two more bench options from those teams, if you've got a few injuries as well that you're carrying, straight away, you know, free hitting 26 is worth considering. Now, I think my early thoughts here are most teams will be able to get through 26 without using the free hit chip but there will be a small percentage where free hit is definitely on the table if you're loaded up on some of those teams so my obviously one of the big debates that's going to come out of this over the next few weeks is free hit 26 versus free hit 29 those of course are two blank game weeks and again this will be very much team dependent also the free hit chip does not need to be played in a blank game week it could end up, some people will probably keep it for later in the season and play it more aggressively in a double game week like 34 or 37. So if you can get through 26 okay, depending on how the fixtures fall in 29, which I'll talk about soon, we might be able to get through both of those game weeks, even if we don't have 11 players, for a bigger benefit of a free hit in a double game week where you could get 11 players who play twice. So on my personal team, because I've just wildcarded recently, Game week 20. I don't really want to wildcard anytime soon. So straight away I'm looking at probably game week 30 onwards. 30 or 31 maybe for a wildcard for the last chunk of the season. In terms of blank game week 26, I'm not too bad because I've only got one Liverpool player at the moment, which is Trent. I do have a Luton player, but that's Amari Bell on the bench. I've only got one Tottenham player. I've got Pedro Porro. I do not own Richarlison. And I do have Cole Palmer and Gusto. So... I've got four or five, but I can, you know, with free transfers before then, I should be quite comfortably be able to get 10, even 11 players out. Obviously, depends how hard I attack Liverpool picks for game week 25, of course. So it's all about getting a kind of a balance between you can almost look at 25 and 26 together and how best you can get through those two game weeks and then figure out what you want to do with 29 as well. My early thoughts are... And I seen a uh, tweet from Pras about this. Was 
I think, and I agree with it, the main focus now should just be play what's in front of us in terms of 25 and 26. Get through those as best if you can, as best you can, ideally without using the free hit chip, if you still have it, of course. And then, you know, game week 29, I think, is a very likely use of a free hit chip if there is very few fixtures and very few players for us to choose from. Now, of course, if cup fixtures go certain ways, we could end up getting more fixtures in 29 than we currently expect. And in that case, if results go our way, we might not need to free hit. So it goes back to being flexible, keeping open minds. So I'm very much of the approach. I'm going to get through 26 without the free hits, possibly play it and give me 29. And best case scenario, don't need it in 29. Get through that with, with free transfers, even if it means only having seven or eight players. And then play aggressively with a free hit later in the season. A few other things to mention here. I've made a few notes under the graphic. Don't avoid good picks just because they have a blank game week coming up. So this... You could use Richarlison or Pedro Porro as an example here. A lot of people will look at those two players now if they don't own them. They might think they're great FPL picks, which they have been in recent times, but they might not want to buy them because they look at 26 and they look at no fixture for Tottenham. It's a dangerous thing to do because if you focus too much on one game week, you ignore everything else around it. So if you look at Tottenham's fixtures from this game week onwards, Brentford at home, great. Everton away, Brighton at home, Wolves at home. So straight away, three home games in the next four. Then it's the blank in 26. And then they've got Crystal Palace, Villa and Fulham. So over the next eight game weeks, Richarlison has great fixtures. Yes, he's got one blank. But I would quite happily still buy Richarlison this week. If you think he's a really good FPL pick who's going to score points over the next four game weeks and maybe even past that after the blank... If that meant I could only, you know, field eight players instead of nine in game week 26, for example, that wouldn't bother me because I want to get the points on the board in the meantime and possibly afterwards as well. So don't fall into the trap of only buying players who have fixtures in every game week. Another point to mention here is triple captain for those who still have it available. When do we play it? I don't think we have a clear answer to that yet. So if we get a fit and firing Erling Haaland with two home fixtures in double gaming 25, it's definitely an option. Home to Chelsea, home to Brentford. If you start at both games, I think most people would be fairly comfortable giving them the triple captain chip for that. There will, of course, be alternative game weeks to play the triple captain chip in a different double game week 34 37 for example if you still have your bench boost chip though you might be using that in 34 or 37 and of course you can't use two chips in the same game week so again triple captain's not one you really need to plan for because you're probably going to own that player anyway whichever player you decide to triple captain this season it's not a player you're going to go out and buy specifically to triple captain them in this in a certain game week they're going to be your captain anyway so when the opportunity arises, you just activate that triple captainship. So don't stress too much over triple captaincy. Keep Haaland in mind for 25. Some people might want to go differential with a Liverpool attacker, for example, or a Trent Alexander-Arnold. But for me, I think, not overthinking it, Erling Haaland probably will get the triple captainship at some point this season. Elsewhere, 
I own Dominic Solanke. If you look at Ben's graphics, Bournemouth will have a double gimme at some point. We don't know yet when that's going to be. There's a small chance it could be gimme 27. Could also be gimme 28. Could also be later. So my notes here say Solanke might be worth keeping a hold of for the possibility of a double in 27 or 28. But I think it's also absolutely fine to sell Solanke at some point in the next few weeks to get Haaland, number one, or Ivan Tony, who has a double game week, and Tony also has the fixture in 29 as well. But in my scenario, I've got Watkins, Alvarez, Solanke. Alvarez will become Erling Haaland at some point very soon, if not this week, the following game week. That will leave me with Watkins and Solanke. And I like the idea of getting Ivan Tony at some point. But when it's Solanke and Watkins, the... Chelsea need to play Aston Villa in an FA Cup replay, and it's not until February 7th, which is in between Game Week 23 and Game Week 24. So we've got two more game weeks to go before we find out who wins that Chelsea Villa FA Cup game. And that's going to have a big impact on 29, uh, whether Chelsea or Villa play. And I think it also has a knock on impact on Arsenal assets, depending on how that game goes as well. So my very early plan is just keep Solanke and Watkins for a few more weeks. Then it will become clear which one of them it makes the most sense to sell for Ivan Tony in game week 25. Moving on now to the next graphic, which is more about game week 29, which could be a big blank game week because of the FA Cup game. So as it stands, the only games that are definitely going to happen in game week 29 are Fulham versus Tottenham. And Burnley versus Brentford. So again, this is why Ivan Tony is attractive. He's got a double. He's got no blanks in the near term. And he definitely has a game in Gimme 29. Someone like the Brentford goalkeeper could be tempting for people also. But I can't get behind that recommendation on his form so far this season. Tottenham obviously do blank in 26. But definitely play in 29. So as a Pedro Porro owner, I will be planning to just keep him long term bench him in 26 and then use him again throughout the rest of the season the same goes maybe if you own Richarlison you could keep him you could also obviously just keep Richarlison or buy Richarlison for four game weeks and then sell him in 26 for someone else who plays I won't go I won't go through this in a huge amount of detail the projected number of blanks at the moment is 5.34 so we're probably going to get about five fixtures if all things shake out we could have less we could have more uh, Excuse me, fixtures that are very likely to go are Brighton against Manchester City. That has a 98.5% chance of being a blank. Liverpool, Everton's also 92%, and Crystal Palace, Newcastle. So those are the top three most likely teams to blank. So you get the message here. We could be very short of players in 29. If we are, it could be a you know a pretty low scoring game anyway. So it'll be a probably a question of do you get through it with six or seven players and a good captain, or do you free hit? Is there enough upside for a free hit, or is that is it better to take maybe a red arrow on the chin in twenty nine, and have a huge free hit double game week later in the season? So that is a bridge we will cross when it comes. Again, it's up in the air until the next round of cup games are played. So be flexible if you can. I think a good piece of advice these days as well as. Roll a transfer if you can in the near future uh, and try and have two frees available as often as possible for maximum flexibility. 
Before I get into the listener questions, a quick plug for my Patreon. FPL content creation is my full-time job. If you enjoy the podcast and you'd like to support me, check out patreon.com forward slash FPL general, where you'll get lots of extra content in the form of eye tests, Thursday night live streams, actually doing a live stream tonight, which is Monday night, to prepare for the upcoming game week, Q&As on the day of each deadline, team reveals and more. It's a good time to sign up because it's obviously a very tricky period of the season to navigate and I am there to help you if you need it. Questions, first one is from FPL SWAT. With the upcoming Plum fixture run, which Manchester City players would you prioritise in order? Difficult question. Swap puts me on the spot here to prioritise City assets. So I think number one, when he's fit, which is hopefully very soon, Erling Haaland is the number one priority because he's a very reliable captain when he is available. It gets harder then to put it in order. And I actually changed this order a few times when I put it together. But I think I've settled on Foden number two. People might expect De Bruyne to be in that position, but... I do feel like De Bruyne's been slightly overhyped. I think it's insane that he's got over 1 million new owners in the last week or so. He's coming back from a huge injury. He's said himself that he wasn't fit to play, you know, 90 minutes. Pep, I think, did come out recently and say he is ready to play 90 minutes, but then didn't start him in the cup game. I do think De Bruyne is a fantastic pick for this Burnley fixture. I expect him to start. I think he's a good captaincy candidate, but longer term... I would always be slightly concerned seeing the City team sheet. So that's why I haven't put him number two. I think Foden's minutes have been very good this season and I expect that to continue. So Haaland number one, Foden number two and I would probably put a defender number three even ahead of De Bruyne. Now this could come back to bite me if De Bruyne goes and smashes it over the next few weeks. I might end up buying De Bruyne anyway but if I was on a clean slate a Walker or an Aki I think are very attractive and I'd probably go Walker He's been very secure for minutes this season as well. I think this week's a good entry point because it's Burnley. And then you have the double game week. And City also play in 26. So they're very attractive. If you don't already have three City players, that's probably where your next couple of transfers should be going. Um, and I've noted down here, Walker and Ake are great options if you've got a defensive spot free. So I don't because I've got Trent, I've got Poro and Stupinen. I'm very happy with those three. So I'm not looking to get a fourth defender, which is a Manchester City defender, because I'll have a benching headache every week. And I'm not looking to sell any of those three over the next few games either. So Haaland won, Foden two, defender three. De Bruyne is a very close fourth. And I'm sure a lot of people would put him second or third in this list. And then I've got Bernardo Silva and Alvarez slightly behind that. I own Alvarez, but with De Bruyne and Haaland's you know, with the with the minutes of those players going to increase, I think the minutes of Alvarez will decrease, uh, and that's why he's dropped down the pecking order a wee bit. Now, I'm probably going to end up uh, this week. I'm in a bit of a pickle with transfers. I've got Foden, I've got Alvarez. I want Haaland if he's fit. Obviously, I'd like De Bruyne for the Burnley game, but to get De Bruyne, I would need to sell Saka, which I don't really want to do before a Forest game. Um, and if there's if it's not clear whether Haaland's going to start or not, I'm probably just going to hold off, keep Alvarez for another week and bank the transfer. And that goes back to my advice here. If you can bank a transfer soon, in the next couple of weeks, put you in a good position as new information emerges. So Foden and Alvarez, my current Man City attackers, De Bruyne could come in if there was news that Haaland wasn't going to play and it looked like De Bruyne was going to play. 
Um, and Haaland can obviously come in this week too if I decide to sell Alvarez. But I need to see what Pep says on Tuesday and if there's any, obviously, ins- inside information that slips out before the deadline, which is unlikely because City play Wednesday and the deadline is Tuesday. So at the moment, I'm leaning towards just Foden and Alvarez for the Burnley fixture and then have two frees to maybe increase that City coverage over the coming game weeks. So Haaland 1, Foden 2, Defender 3, then De Bruyne and then Bernardo and Alvarez down the pecking order a bit now. But again, on current information, Alvarez is probably, could argue, he's still in the top three going into the Burnley fixture. Question from Cruninho. Advice needed on the De Bruyne-Halland decision. Was Salah out now for a few games? Do we get Kevin knowing Erling is almost back? Or do we get both? So if you own Salah, I think it's easy. I wouldn't overthink it. And I would just get De Bruyne because... I expect him to start against Burnley. I expect City to smash Burnley. And you've got a chance of De Bruyne getting two games in a double game week, which is a couple of weeks away. So some teams, it makes a lot of sense to get De Bruyne. Other teams like mine, it's not as straightforward. Um, Salah to De Bruyne, I would do in a heartbeat. And eventually getting to both is probably a nice position to be in. And I might end up there in a couple of weeks' time. For example, if I bank this week... Maybe I do Haaland to Haaland in for Alvarez the week after. And then if we get to game week 25, De Bruyne's minutes look good. I could then sell Saka at that point or a Bowen or something else in combination to get De Bruyne in for the double. So I'm certainly not against De Bruyne. I just don't think it's going to make sense for my squad this game week. So both players long term probably is the way to go. Question from Historian FPL. Having held Haaland... Is it now the time to be aggressive and get De Bruyne in for triple city attack? I could swap him in for Bowen or Saka. So I'm in the same scenario. I have 9 million in the bank. There's plenty of cash. There's enough cash to get Haaland and De Bruyne over the next couple of weeks. I think I would need to sell Saka instead of Bowen though for for budget reasons to be able to get both players. But I find it very hard to sell a Bowen before a Bournemouth home game and a Saka before a Nottingham Forest away fixture. So, especially when I don't, I can't say for sure that De Bruyne is going to play significant minutes against Burnley. We just don't know with Pep. We don't know what his real condition is. You know, you could spin an art of, a lot of people are, are saying De Bruyne definitely starts this one because he didn't play the cup game, and I agree. But you could also spin it that this is one of the easiest fixtures of the season and Pep doesn't need De Bruyne to win this game. So it's going to be interesting to see how that one plays out. I think 90 minutes is unlikely, but certainly not impossible. So do you get De Bruyne in along with Haaland? And it's probably a Foden in there as well. I do like that. And that's why I'm probably not going to go down the Walker route myself because, number one, I'm happy with my defence. But also I like the idea of arriving at Game Week 25 and be in a position to go Haaland, Foden and De Bruyne and just really go after those goals and hope that they absolutely smash it. But is this the week to do Bowen or Saka to De Bruyne? I'm not sure because both players have very good fixtures and you know they're going to play. Question from FPL Yogi. Do we need a plan to get Salah back or should we spend the money and handle Salah when we know more about the duration of his injury? FPL Yogi says, I am scarred from holding Haaland. Yeah, if you own Salah, just sell him because he's injured and we don't know when he's going to be back. Egypt are 
now out of the African Cup of Nations, so at least he won't be going back out there to play in the final stages of that competition. But when there's unknowns, when it's an expensive asset, get him out the door and get someone in that can get you points. And you can always get Salah back when he is available. So my notes here say... We can't rely on Salah being fit for Liverpool's likely double game week in 25 on current information. Liverpool then blank in game week 26 and they're probably going to blank in game week 29 as well. So on, you know, a very, when you have a very quick glance at a fixture ticker or Ben's graphics, Salah is not a must have at the moment. Now, like I say, get rid of him and if it gets to game week 25 and he is available, let's say he gets some minutes in 24, you can always get him back in 25, and even if it's a minus four, that's not a big deal, especially if you might bring him in and captain him that game week. So when there's unknowns, there's no point keeping that money on the bench. Question from Tacky LFC. Has the news that Klopp is leaving at the end of the season made Liverpool assets more attractive to you? A few people asked a similar question. It has absolutely no impact on my FPL decisions, whether Klopp's staying, whether Klopp's going. The... Short of it is Liverpool are performing very well this season. I expect that to continue. And they've got plenty of good FPL picks. They've got Trent. They've got Salah when he's fit. Darwin and Jota are very attractive options at the moment as well. So it has no impact. I'm not going to go out of my way to triple up on Liverpool now because Klopp's leaving. And it's I don't think it has. it's going to have a negative impact either. So nothing changes in my mind. They are all good FPL picks playing for a very good team who have a double game week soon. Question from the local Stigmatic with 18 points away at Luton, 10 points at home to Fulham and two goals in the EFL Cup demolition of Middlesbrough. It could be said that Cole Palmer has earned himself set and forget status sitting top of the FPL form table across all positions. However, very big results happen for Liverpool when Anfield is emotional. Given Klopp's recent announcement, should we play the fixture or the form and back or bench Chelsea's talisman? Those last two words, Chelsea's talisman equals start. I don't think we ever bench Palmer. Now, I know some teams will have tricky benching decisions. If you've got a strong front eight, for example, I don't have that issue because I've got Garnacho and I'm pretty happy just to bench Garnacho almost every game week and happy from the sub in if he's needed. But Palmer will be on some benches this week because of the fixture. If you can get away with it at all, just play him. He's on penalties, talisman. The guy didn't start a game until game week 7. He's got over 100 FPL points. He's playing like a 10, 11 million pound FPL asset. We never bench Salah, we never bench Haaland. So why would we bench Palmer if he's performing as well, if not better, than those guys at the moment? So my advice would be play Palmer if you can against Liverpool. Question from Christian Bradle. Loads of teams are on Palmer... One to two Tottenham players, Trent and Darwin slash Jota, etc. What's the best route with Spurs? Good fixtures until 25. Liverpool assets in 25 when they both likely blank in 26. Some sacrifices must be made. Probably covered this a wee bit when I was going through the fixtures earlier. But my initial notes here, I put these notes down yesterday. I said you probably would free hit in 26 in that scenario and get through 29 as best you can with free transfers, get the points on the board before 29. But having had a look at it a bit more and did a video on the Scout YouTube channel today with Joe, I do think getting through 26 without the free hit is probably the best approach for most teams. Now, like I said, there's probably a few teams that will have to free hit in 26 because they're literally down to two or three players. But in most cases... 
even if you can only field seven or eight and you've got a good captain and you've got the key assets in 26, you can probably take it on the chin. Probably not going to be your best game week of the season, but I think your free hit might be better used down the line. So, again, no one size fits all, but in most cases, I would be trying to get through 26 without the free hit chip. Next section is Game Week 22 Captaincy, probably the trickiest section of the podcast. I just can't look past Manchester City when it comes to captaincy this week. A home fixture against Burnley just screams goals. The hard part is deciding which one to go for. I own Foden, I own Alvarez, both good captaincy options, but is the best captaincy option not yet in my team? Is Haaland the best candidate? Is De Bruyne the best candidate? And Bernardo Silva is definitely worthy of mention here as well. He's having a very good season. So, currently, I have been on Alvarez captain for the last week. And I haven't changed it to Foden at any point. I just like the fact that Alvarez is on penalties when other players are not on the pitch. And, of course, those players probably will be on the pitch for at least some amount of minutes. Alvarez maybe doesn't get 90, or at least less likely of getting 90. Now, with De Bruyne and Haaland available, well, we think... Haaland's going to be available. We don't know that yet. So, if I don't make any transfers, I think I will captain Alvarez. Elsewhere in the game week, owners of Richarlison, I think, have a very good captaincy candidate there. If I owned him at home to Brentford, I'd be very tempted to captain him over a Manchester City player. Elsewhere in my team, I've got Jared Bowen. Decent captaincy candidate at home to Bournemouth. Maybe I need to give that more consideration. Saka's away to Forest. Again, probably needs more consideration given that his underlying numbers for the season are good, but recency bias, recency bias will have most people avoid him for the captaincy and a lot of people will just sell him for De Bruyne. But in that itself is an opportunity. You know, a bit more of a differential captain Saka. And then... Liverpool play Chelsea, so I don't love that fixture for captaincy. So for me, that rules out Palmer, Jota, Darwin and the like. So I think I will settle on a Manchester City captain because I don't own Richarlison. I don't think I'll captain Bowen or Saka. So currently on Alvarez, if I buy De Bruyne, he probably gets the armband. If I buy Haaland, he probably gets the armband. So that brings me to captaincy thoughts. Sorry, transfer thoughts. Nine million in the bank. Alvarez out, Haaland in. I'm only going to do that if we get concrete information that he's going to play or start or it looks very likely that he's going to start, which we probably won't get. If we don't get that, do I do Saka out for De Bruyne? I'm not really feeling it at the moment because I want to stay loyal to Saka and I would like to have two free transfers as soon as possible. I could also bring in Richarlison, of course, if I think he's one of the best captaincy candidates of the game week. But again, I probably favour role in a transfer when I've got other captaincy candidates in my team. So I think the conclusion I'm coming to is if I take away the noise, if I take away the De Bruyne FOMO with his one million new owners and many likely captainers, when my team looks absolutely fine for the game week, there's no real injury issues, I've got captaincy candidates I can use, I think I should bank the transfer. So I will see what Pep says on Tuesday. I will see if there's any team leaks but most likely on current information, it's going to be a transfer banked and probably an Alvarez captaincy. We took it all. We brought them to our land. 
An endless night. Ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end... What will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. So the team would look like David Raya in goal. A back three of Trent, Poro and Estupanen, which sounds great. Midfield of Saka, Foden, Palmer and Jared Bowen. Up front, the usual suspects, Solanke, Watkins and Alvarez. Obviously, I would like to have triple City for the Burnley fixture, but it feels okay to have Foden and Alvarez. If they're going to get significant minutes, there's every chance they do just as well as the other names mentioned. So I just hope the variance is not too extreme for the likes of Kevin De Bruyne if he does start the game. On the bench, Ariola, Garnacho, Gusto and Amari Bell. Thanks for taking the time to listen, folks. Have a great week. Good luck for the midweek fixtures. And I'll talk to you again on Friday to review the midweek games and look ahead to the weekend's action, which is Game Week 23. If you're not interested in the Patreon stuff, you can simply buy me a coffee instead at buymeacoffee.com forward slash FPL General. I think the cheapest option there is £5, €5, $5, whatever the equivalent of that is. Anyone who buys me a coffee gets an invite to my FPL Discord server, which is a good place to be during this hectic FPL schedule. Talk to you soon, folks, and best of luck. Podcast Network.